Jesus has come that those that he's given life to may have it more abundantly and may share it with other people. Abundant life means healing, life more abundant than sickness. There are sick Christians whose spiritual condition is weak and they don't do much. But when Jesus restores us and strengthens our faith, brightens our eyes, gives us hope, makes us healthy, abundant life comes. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Before we start the show, I have something to share with you. If you or someone close to you is suffering from a sense of anxiety or loneliness, the truth is anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults in the United States every year alone. And according to a recent study, more than 60% of Americans report feeling lonely, left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. This matters a lot because loneliness is stressful enough to raise all-cause mortality by up to 30%. So, I've written a free guide with 10 ways you can start to overcome anxiety and defeat your loneliness. Don't wait on positive emotions. Learn how to create them for yourself starting right now. You can grab the guide by heading over to drmartinfletcher.com. That's doctor spelled drmartinfletcher.com. Hello, this is Matt Hook, the shepherd of The Shepherd and the Shrink, and I'm without the shrink today. And I want to talk to you about something that is vital. And it's vital because it's from God. And it's vital because it could be a fresh start for you. You know, we've been through an election cycle here in the United States that most of us have allowed this election cycle, the news, all of this stuff to run us over, to ram down our throats and into our hearts a lot of nasty stuff. Just this week, I learned of children and parents who can't even talk anymore because they were supporting different candidates. And we have no one to blame but ourselves. I believe what you and I and our friends and families have been consuming is making us sick. And society's answer for our culture that is making us sick is, here, have some more culture. Consume some more. It's like we're swimming in a culture that's making us sick and the culture's answer is have some more. You know, it was Jesus who said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. I love that. And then Jesus says this, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So my question to wrestle with this podcast is this. What if the thing that your friend needs most, the thing your son needs most, the thing your daughter needs most is to be in love with God, the good shepherd? What if an abundant life, what if living life to the full doesn't look anything like it does on Instagram or on TikTok or on TV? What if it doesn't look like anything of what the news is telling us? The message God is giving us is his gospel. And the gospel is not a hammer, it's good medicine. How you and I receive these words will set the course for 
2020, 2021, 2022, not just for the next presidential cycle, but for the rest of our lives and into eternity. You know, when we understand the gospel where we lay down our lives in order to receive a new life in Christ, you could almost compare the gospel to heart surgery. It does hurt. It hurts, but it heals. In order to heal your heart, when you have physical heart surgery, you have to allow your heart to be wounded, to be taken over by the surgeon, to be fixed from the inside, which damages you, but ultimately heals you. For those of us who are Christians, who are part of a fellowship, we need the church to be the church. So I want to break down a little bit what it could look like swimming in our culture the way we are for us to live an abundant life, a full life in Christ. And here's what I would say if you boiled it down. What does it mean to be a Christian? I would say it means you have a God life, you have a group life, and you have a give life. As you look at everything going on in your life, do you have a God life, a group life, and a give life? Around our church, we say our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world for Jesus Christ. A God life, a group life, and a give life. You know, when I meet someone and I hear they have no God life, if we get into a conversation, I know they're not living abundantly. There's something missing. And it doesn't have that much to do with church attendance, but it does include being connected to a worshiping community, even if it needs to be online. A God life is also private, quiet time with Christ. Do you set aside any quiet time? But a God life isn't just private, like me and Jesus kind of thing. It's public, including online, because we were never designed to only be a spectator, but to be fully participating in a God life. So when I, I meet someone and I discern that they have no God life, my radar goes up. I want that for them. When I meet someone and I'm listening and they sound lonely, they sound like they've got no one coming alongside them, walking with them asking how they're doing, checking in with them. And I discern they have no group life, no group of people that they're doing life together with. I know they're not living abundantly. Loneliness, Marty and I have talked about in the past, it is at epidemic proportions and among young people. If you are 18 to 25, you are a part of the loneliest generation of people, according to scientific studies. You need a real group life. And I'm not talking about what they call friends on Facebook. I'm talking about people who do life together. Facebook is not reality. It's novelty. At least that's how I kind of treat it. And if you are struggling about, do you have a group life? If you need to be hunkered down because of COVID or something else, you need to find legitimate ways to do life together because there's something missing, especially if there's no one in your life asking you, how's your life? How's your spiritual walk? How's your walk with Christ? How you're growing spiritually? How are you really? A God life, a group life. And then third is a give life. When I meet someone and I discern they have no give life, they're not serving, they're not part of a cause. And I'm not just talking about clicking like or following whatever groups online. I'm talking about real 
giving of your time, working on projects, serving somebody else, sacrificing some of your time or your talents in order to help make the world a better place. And you have to be able to put a face on that. It can't just be to some generic cause. And if you're not serving, if, if you're not giving, even financially, they say one of the healthiest ways to go through life is to go through generously. If you have nothing that you're giving yourself to beyond yourself that you can feel because you're giving of yourself to it, you're not living abundantly. One of the things I happen to be able to do is to play piano. I can play lots of different styles, but my favorite is old music, the American songbook, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, jazz, swing, that kind of thing. And one of my favorite things that keeps me healthy is once a month, I go to the retirement community in the next town over and I play for an hour to an hour and a half. And some of these people are memory care folks who don't talk because of advanced Alzheimer's. They don't talk all month long, but when I'm there, they will sing the words to the songs with me. It is an awesome little easy way for me to keep my soul healthy, especially as I'm walking with Christ. You know, some of us had a God life or a group life or a give life, but, but we faded away. Things got inconvenient. Let's face it. Everything gets inconvenient after a while. Some of us had that kind of abundant life, but no more. And here's, I think, what happens. And it's really subtle. We replace those good things with other things. When I meet someone and they're living a dormant life, a prison life, when they're not exercising their identity as a child of God, as a member of a church, activated in faith, I know they're not living abundantly. You know, a number of people with big houses and lots of stuff who are not living abundantly is not surprising to me anymore. The interesting thing is it's the same for people living in small houses. They can be equally miserable. And into this, Jesus comes. And I would say Jesus saves us from this. He rescues us. He redeems us. He restores us. He is the good shepherd. And it's his words talking to the people in Israel in the first century where the wool industry was a big part of their lives. And he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Some of us are legitimately fighting dark emptiness in our souls. How do you journey through darkness? The answer is <laughs> you do it not alone, but as a friend of God, you've had it done to you. Maybe it's abuse, scorn, mocking, being left out. And sometimes we do that to ourselves. Remember, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But here's the deal. Not only is there this darkness, this emptiness, this victimization that all of us have been through, whether it's abuse or scorn or mocking or being left out, but you've also had it done for you because Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. That's what we would say from the Christian worldview. Much of the world is people coming from sick homes much of the world is people coming from sick homes with no friends, only lots of secrets. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, though, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. This is a matter of life and death. The coming of that old serpent that first appeared to Adam and Eve brought our death. But at the same time, God lined up, and this is told in Genesis, the seed of the woman, which many scholars believe is the first reference to the Redeemer, the Rescuer, the Restorer, Jesus. 
born of a virgin, the seed of the woman, Jesus has brought us life. And he's the one who said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherds lays down his life for the sheep. That's found in John chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. If you want to look that up, if you've got a Bible with you. The truth is Jesus Christ has come that you may have life. Life in the sense of being pardoned for your guilt, being pardoned from your sin, freedom from guilt and shame, and deliverance from the death penalty. This is the great result of Christ's coming. We have moved from death to life, and we owe the change to the coming of this Redeemer to be a sacrifice for our sins. It's life that was given for your soul. And it's only to be had in Jesus. Nobody else made this promise. Spiritual life is not the result of working hard. If you're dead, you can't work to bring yourself back to life. The gospel preaches life by Jesus Christ. You and I are completely dependent upon the life-giving voice of Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life. It's in him. He is the resurrection and the life. A lot of us go around looking for life. How can I live longer? How can I be healthier? How can I have more vibrancy in my life? How can I have more love in my life? The answer is in Jesus. He is love. That is his definition. He is peace. He is life. He said it himself. It's not some preacher making it up. Jesus has come that those that he's given life to may have it more abundantly and may share it with other people. Abundant life means healing, life more abundant than sickness. There are sick Christians whose spiritual condition is weak and they don't do much. But when Jesus restores us and strengthens our faith, brightens our eyes, gives us hope, makes us healthy, abundant life comes. A lot of us are going through life and we're like, oh no, I'm not doing this very abundantly. Think of it this way. Babies are 100% healthy when they're born, but the whole goal is for a baby to grow, to get strong, to learn, to have abundant life. Maybe you're in some kind of infancy stage and God's only recently gotten your attention or you found this podcast by accident. The truth is, for us to grow, we grow into abundance. It's not just thrown all over us. We grow in grace. We grow in knowledge. We grow in experience. We grow in confidence. We grow to conform to the image of our Lord. Now, here's the deal. You might have been a Christian your whole life for 39 years or ever since you came to faith in, in junior high at some camp where you put your life in Christ's hands. But the question is, are you a 39-year-old Christian or are you a one-year-old Christian 39 years? It's only Christ who's the good shepherd who wants to give us life. Here's a question. Do you ever pray? Do you ever pray God gives you more life, more of his life, to live life to the full. We have yet to see what God could do with a man or a woman fully devoted to him. If you want life, you must have it from Christ. And here's a question. As I look around at the people in my life, I've got four kids. They're all in their 20s. And as I look at them, as I look at their friends, as I look at my friends, as I look at my kids' friends who I've come to know and love, what if the thing that your friend needs most, the thing your son needs most, the thing your daughter needs most is to be in love with God. You know, someone who's having trouble, someone who's in need. What if the thing they need most is to be in love with God? There's been a woman who's 
spent the night in her car at our church. And I only met her once, didn't realize she had been there all night when I was coming in early in the morning. I thought she had just stopped in. But I would say the thing that she needs most, just as much as wealthy people that I know, is to be in love with God. Maybe it's somebody in the midst of tragedy or illness or death. Maybe it's somebody in the midst of addiction or pain or financial uncertainty. We've got great friends who are restaurant owners during COVID. In the midst of life being too crazy or too busy or too painful right now, the best thing that could happen to any of us is to be in love with God. That's a God life. And then a group life help gets us there. A God life is supported by a group life and by a give life. And a group life is supported by your God life and your give life. And your ability to live generously and abundantly with a give life is supported by your God life and your group life. But it starts with a God life. A God life is so good because when we get it right, we will love God first. That doesn't take away my love for my wife, my kids, my sports, my hobbies, whatever it is. But all of those things under, contained by my love and my life in God makes them that much better. When we get it right, we'll love God first. Loving God is so good. It enables you to love your wife more or your husband more, your kids more, your sister more, your friends more, even love your family, all of them. Loving God will make you more true to the people around you. You know, with a God life, there's joy that cannot be shaken. You don't get manipulated the same way. With a God life, there's light that swallows up darkness. When you have a God life, intimidation doesn't work on you because God is first for you. Lies don't work the same. There's no more manipulation because you're secure. The good shepherd has already walked through all of that for you. When you have a God life, all your past is forgiven. And now in Christ, you have a purpose for your present day. You have a hope for your future. Your present holds opportunity. Your future has hope. With a God life, I'm in love with God and out of love, I will not go. In other words, someone cannot make me hate or fear or spew because Jesus has taken care of that. So I would just say, get a life. It's an old expression that's a taunt to somebody devoting an inordinate amount of time to someone else's trivial matters. That's literally the Wikipedia definition. When you say get a life, you're taunting someone who's devoting an inordinate amount of time to somebody else's trivial matters. Here's four things I would love for you to do to grow your God life this week. First of all, shorten your work day by 30 minutes. I promise you'll get everything done that you need and you'll get more done than if you put in your usual nine or 10 hours and add to that elements of a God life, prayer, reading scripture, worship, walking, resting in God. Prayer doesn't have to be words. It can simply be resting in God's presence, but you got to shorten your workday by 30 minutes to get that. Some of us do. Number one, shorten your workday. Number two, avoid multitasking. Instead, live out a God life centering yourself. Shorten your workday by 30 minutes. Avoid multitasking, thinking you can do more than you can do. Number three, break the habit of total self-reliance. That's the antithesis of a God life. Break the habit of total self-reliance. Number four, schedule one purely joyful activity each week. It could be reading a comic book that you used to love. It could be doing something outdoors. It could be doing something you don't have time for. Schedule one purely joyful activity each week. So just to review, shorten your workday 30 minutes. 
avoid multitasking, break the habit of total self-reliance, schedule one purely joyful activity each week. That's part of a God life that's called Sabbath. Listen, I pray that you live your life abundantly. And to do that, I pray that you think and parcel out for yourself what it would look like for you to have a God life, a group life, and a give life. Let's pray. Almighty God, I thank you so much that you have not called us to live futile lives. Lord, that even if we are living in a culture that is making us sick, you are lifting us out of that and into your heart. And so I pray, God, for for everyone who is considering what it would look like to follow the good shepherd. I pray for my God life. I pray for my group life and the people that make up the groups that walk with me through life and do life with me. And I pray, God, that I would live an abundant give life. There's so many bigger things. And one of the healthiest things that we could do to honor you would be to give more. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to drmartinfletcher.com.